In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. Yes, it's a therapy session. It's always game day in Cleveland for Daryl and I both. And, you know, we do this for four hours on the radio, but you really need to have that extra therapy if you're a Browns fan. You want to know what's going on. You want to know what the future is going to be. You want to look into your crystal ball and feel good and have a Tyvis Paul moment where you realize that there is the sun on the other side of the clouds. Daryl, does David Njoku think there's a sun on the other side of the clouds? I think so. I feel like. Our mistakes on both sides of the ball, uh, it's inches, you know, and then the margin for error in the NFL is very small. So I feel like we're, we're right there. We just got to, you know, do a couple things differently and we'll, we'll, we'll be in good shape. So we are very close to putting a full game together. What did Maxwell Smart used to say? Missed it by that much. I feel like that's like the story of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, but the hard part about that is you could be 0-4 by that much too right people want to say they could be four and oh they could be zero and four too yeah maybe one and three the steelers game i think they had but i i don't want to think about that but it's tough okay, sir. it's it's very tough but there is no looking back you know um it's always on to the next so we have to change our focus to the chargers and that's what we will do i i like that the the no looking back and Oh, here's Sione. Sione Taki Taki must have talked to David Njoku before he spoke to us. We don't do too much looking, you know, at the past. You know what I mean? We look at, we're 2-2. Two and two. We lost this week. It sucks. We came down to the end. We could have won, and it sucks. We, we lost. You know what? Truer words have never been said. It sucks. We lost. It's true. By the way, sources confirm that on both counts. <laughs> If you're a Browns fan, <laughs> within Berea or not, inside and outside of uh, Berea, Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we lost. What other words of wisdom do we have from the locker room today? As we look forward and look ahead and try to find the sun on the other side well, of the club. You know what? Um, I kind of liked what uh, Sione Takitaki had to say uh, when talking about, you know, we, we joke around about the corrections and the film and all that kind of stuff because that's what we hear every week and cleaning it up and mops and buckets, all this. I, I like this from Sione. I get it. I, I, you know, I get it. You know, we got, we got. By the way, he was uh, asked about the fan criticism because, you know, fans oh, are oh. understandably unhappy that they're two and two right. and that they've allowed a second game to get away from them in four weeks. I get it. I, you know, I get it. You know, we got, we got um, really great fans and I know they, you know, want to see us winning out there and um, they should, you know, they have their opinions, um, but, but we got to tighten up. We got to tighten up for ourselves when I hear our, our team, because um, we want to do better. We want to win. Right. And then also do better for the fans. So, um, you know, we just finished up our fourth week. You know what I mean? I think we needed this, you know what I mean? It was a good wake up call to come out here and, um, lose, lose the way we did. It hurts. Yeah. So it we needed I, this. I, I, oh, it gets better. No, it, it can't. Better. It can't get any worse than that. It, it, no, it, it gets better. Let's turn to David Njoku now. It's, it, it's good that as players were our biggest critic, you know, some plays where, you know, the coach will tell us that we did really well. We, we, you know, think in the back of our head that there, you know, are some things we could have done better to be perfect. You know, we, we got to always chase perfection. And I feel like there are a bunch of plays that I could, I wish I had back, you know, not just, you know, X, Y, Z plays. I feel like 
there's always more you can do, you know, to 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 be great. I don't think there were bigger critic. I don't think he was his own biggest critic when he fumbled in the beginning of the game. Like I, I, you could hear fans screaming down the street in my neighborhood. <laughs> Uh, you know what's weird though for Ninjoku, it's been uh, it's been interesting because he's developed into the number two wide receiver now, right? I, I don't Pretty know, much, yeah. I, I, I'm not wide receiver, tight end, whatever you want to call him, because Jeff and I argue about the semantics of that like every day. A receiver is a receiver, whether they're a tight end or they're a wide receiver. And I, the play I question with Ninjoku from that game, and I know we're trying to look forward. Why would you throw him on an end around? Like I, I you have, every one of those wide receivers is faster than him, right? I'm not. Am I crazy? No. I yeah, I, I would agree. Okay, so I'm not. I, I watched that play and I'm like, okay, I understand it. Maybe you're trying to catch them sleeping, but I mean, where's Schwartz? If you're going to run that play, run it for Schwartz. At least he may not be able to catch the ball consistently, but we know he's fast, right? Why not do that with Schwartz? You're assuming he can catch a handoff. Um, I'm sorry, that was me. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to cut these guys. That just it's common sense. Why would you take someone who is doesn't have a faster 40 than someone else and try to run an end around. I'm hoping we see more Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in critical situations, like the two-minute offense. Right now, it's like, I guess, Kareem's job. I think it needs to be both of their jobs, and that is something Kevin Stefanski uh, was asked to address. You're always in constant communication, knowing how many touches Nick has, how many touches Kareem has. And really, all of our guys have one touch the ball. That's a constant dialogue throughout the game. When Nick, we're able to run the ball late in the game. Obviously, Nick and Kareem are, are the main cogs to that. In that situation, just the two-minute drive being what it was, I was comfortable with the uh, roles that we had. Yeah, I mean, like, you have Kareem Hunt in the second half, Andy, that's throwing Atlanta Falcon defenders around, like, rags but, see you later goodbye out of yeah, my face you know what yeah, I mean? like, great he, he had like four stiff arms slash throwaways in the second half they only threw it to him twice in the game and i get it nick chubb's got to get the the bulk of the hand right they 29 carries between them on the ground design carries chubb got 19 of those hunt got half of them had 10 right Right. Why can't you throw the ball more to Kareem Hunt? Three passes in his direction, two catches, 19 yards. Like, why? I, I just, I, it, it, and maybe I'm nitpicking and I'll admit that, but when you got two dudes like that, you ride them. Like, you ride them as much as possible. And that's the thing that's like really, really super confounding to me is that last drive arguably your best offensive player with all due respect to Amari Cooper, who was not only because the Falcons made it their mission in life to, to make him a non-factor. And that's fine. He can be a decoy for a game because that lets every, lets other guys eat, but goodness gracious games on the line, have Nick Chubb on the field, unless Nick Chubb is banged up. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I remember last year in the fairness of full disclosure, Right. Last year, I destroyed Kevin Stefanski because he didn't have Nick Chubb on the field against the Chargers in Los Angeles. That shootout late. Right. And it turned out that Chubb was hurt. Okay. So that's why I threw that cap. I'm, and I'm not saying Nick's hurt now. I, I'm just trying to be fair about it. If he's hurt, I get why he's not in the field. But if Nick Chubb is healthy, darn it, he needs to be on the field in the two-minute offense. So what's the semantics of not playing him at the end of the game? Why don't I mean, there's so many times we, we sit and we look. I'm like, 
Why is he not on the field? What what are we accomplishing here? If he's your it's, best it's player, put him out there. You don't have timeouts. You're throwing the ball, and apparently, but like, don't you want to give the illusion that you might run it or something? I, Here's a good one. How about a screen pass to him? He can well, catch. Throw a couple blockers in front of him. That, that was a that was a bit of an issue yesterday. Like the it was I was having um, some flashbacks to the years gone by where the Cleveland Browns could not execute a screen pass, nor could they defend a screen pass. And they just, they, for whatever reason, it couldn't happen. So in spite of all the offensive issues, um, David Njoku, to his credit, smile on his face, looking ahead and feeling like they're going to get it together. Yeah, we don't let, you know, certain situations affect our confidence. You know, we, we know what we have, as an offense, as a team, you know, we know what we have, what we can do. So stuff like, like, like this happens and it's up to us to, you know, bury it or learn from it and move on and execute next week. So, you know what I would love <sighs> is if a player came in for a post-game press conference after a bad loss, wearing the, wearing the famous t-shirt of stuff happens. I would love that. With Forrest Gump or no? Yes, with Forrest Gump. The mud version, right? Correct. <laughs> and the beard. I'd love to see it. But you know All what right, like, like after the after the Jets game, it would have been hilarious if somebody came in wearing stuff happens. I mean, Miles Garrett dressed up in a Halloween costume and came in after a loss, right? That's true. So <laughs> just um so yeah, I mean that's kind of where we're at. We're, I mean, this week looking ahead, it's yeah. all about where Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett are at. Are they going to be available? Right. Can they practice, et cetera, et cetera? Would have liked to have them uh, on Sunday against Atlanta. Uh, you know, again, stuff happens. They sure. weren't available, and um, you know, I, I just I hope that Kevin Stefanski will understand that sometimes like i love his aggressiveness too okay i'm not going to be a hypocrite right like when it works he's a genius i mean that's the problem with being a gambler right that's That's the problem with being a gambler andy Reid bets and he wins when it works you're a genius when it doesn't you wear the dunce cap right exactly um but just you have to understand sometimes what you're working with and like Jacoby Brissett has done his job through four weeks. They could be four and oh, man. Um, he has played well enough for them to win. Uh, and I, I like he's completing 65% of his passes, has a two to one touchdown to interception ratio. The Browns have a ton of scoring drives. The Browns have a ton of long 10 plus play scoring drives with him as the quarterback. I, look, I said this on our afternoon show. And I firmly believe this. If Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns last season, instead of a banged up Baker Mayfield, I think that team wins 10 games and they make the playoffs. I I really believe that because all it would have taken was 10 games because they were better than the Steelers. Right. And the Steelers snuck in. Right. Which is crazy. It's just crazy. So Jacoby is like, he's doing his part. He's doing his job. So this isn't – they're not 2-2 two and two because of Jacoby Brissett. They're also not 2-2 two and because two Miles Garrett got in a car accident or uh, Jadavian Clowney sprained his ankle. They are 2-2 two and two 
because Joe Woods has failed to properly coach his defensive players in key situations, right? With right. all the defensive breakdowns they've had. And they're two and two because Kevin Stefanski had some brain cramps on Sunday in Atlanta and was a little too over aggressive. Like, and he admitted it. He t- he's taking the blame for this loss. I mean, I heard him say well, he, it. He, 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 he takes the blame after every loss, though. Let's be mm. honest about it. This he one's on me. He said he it. Say, I heard him. He didn't say anything different after the Atlanta game that he didn't say in the I forget how many losses he's had since taking over as head coach. Usually that's his opening line. This loss is on me. I need to be better, blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. So um, it's Chargers week. Justin Herbert is uh, coming to town. All I know is they went two and two against the great Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Mitchell Trubisky, and Marcus Mariota. God help them against some of these dudes they got to play next (laughs) over the next seven weeks. One game at a time. One game at a time. One One podcast at a time. I mean, one game at a time. Yeah. One podcast as well. Daryl, thank you very much. Outstanding job. Meredith Kane, great job producing today. We'll be back with you on Thursday morning for another podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. Thanks for being with us. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast.